Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. We live in a world where the news is at our fingertips, where we're one click or swipe away from the latest headlines. But how often do we stop swiping and scrolling and just listen? It's the difference between knowing what's in the headlines and understanding how it got there. I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take, Al Jazeera's daily news podcast, where we bring you the context and the people behind the global stories that matter. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So this is going to work out better if you if you are, are comfortable disagreeing with me at times. Is that going to be okay? When, when have I ever had a, the slightest hesitation to do that, <laughs> Jesse? Joe Clark, uh, welcome back to Canada Land. Uh, welcome to Shortcuts. This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is brought to you by Shazia Khan, Philip, Sean Sorensen, Tim Norman, David Nichols, Jessica White, Jessica McLaughlin, Joanne Balsayan, John Robert O'Quinn, and Doug. This episode is brought to you by AG1. Listen, taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should at least be simple. That is why for months now, I start every day by drinking AG1. I take a scoop of this green powder, I mix it in a canister with water, shake it up, and I drink it. I get hydrated and I get energized and focused and ready to take on the day knowing that I have vitamins, minerals pre and probiotics and a lot more. These are things that science tells us we need. They are also things that I don't necessarily get every day outside of my AG1. Listen, if there's one product that I'm going to recommend that will help you elevate your health, it's AG1. And that is why I have been partnered up with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try it now and you'll get a free welcome kit that includes a shaker bottle, canister, a metal scoop, along with five free travel packs. You'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 along with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash CanadaLand. That is drinkag1.com slash CanadaLand. Check it out. Governor Sarah Palin has faced a slew of personal attacks by the far left since she was named as McCain's running mate. But now one writer from the Canadian Broadcasting Company, which is a taxpayer-funded venture in Canada, 
getting beyond vicious. Heather Malik said in a September 5th column that Republican men were sexual inadequates and that Palin was a toned-down version of a porn actress. She then said, quote, added nothing to the ticket except that the Republicans didn't already have sewn up the white trash vote. Her extreme left-wing and, well, rather infantile views will be utterly laughable if they didn't appear in the pages of Frankly, one of Canada's most circulated newspapers. Poor old Heather, screaming to be noticed, but still obscure and irrelevant. I've been blocked by Heather Malik. Have you been blocked by Heather? Uh, not, not yet. I haven't had that had that pleasure. But th that's actually, I mean, that's my uh, that's my advice to everyone on Twitter: block as many people as you can. That was Michael Corrin at the end. Yes, that was Michael Corrin on the Christian uh, TV station talking about being obscure. And Heather Malik has a column in the Toronto Star. But really, I mean, uh, taking pot shots at Sarah Palin is, well, absolutely futile for a Canadian because it has nothing to do with us. That's part of our colonial mentality. That was an that earlier skirmish. Well, but, I know, um, I know, but it's a part of our colonial mentality that we have to talk about Americans all the time. Well, we don't. You know, I actually, I, I, I've been on panels with Heather Malik and I've met her and I, I, I enjoyed her immensely. And I, I won't say that I'm a fan of her writing all the time, but but I don't, you know, like John Kay said that let this last thing about the vaccines, about uh, the rural doctor be the last thing she ever writes. I don't agree. Um, I think that there's a room for a Heather Malik. I, I, I find it's best to take her as one would a correspondent on The Daily Show or on Weekend Update, you know, like, like a now let's hear a commentary from, you know, tipsy left wing aunt. You know, and if if you if you look at her as satire or as a caricature, you mean Roseanne, Rosanna Dana, something or Baba, like that. Baba, Baba, Baba. But, but this is something else, and we're going to talk on the next candle, and I'm going to have a more in depth conversation about what the star did with that vaccination story. So we're going to uh -huh. get into this in more detail today. I want to talk with you, Joe, about Heather Malik and this this Twitter blocking thing because you played a role in that, didn't you? Moi, uh, all I did several months when when uh, poor benighted Heather Malik from Sudbury, couldn't quite figure out Twitter and couldn't figure out how to um, reduce the noise in her feed. I told her, just get TweetBot for God's sake. And then she complained, well, it doesn't help on my Macintosh. Well, get TweetBot for Mac for God's sake. Um, there are many, you know, there are many Twitter programs out there and they're all being strangled by Twitter slowly because of the API restrictions. And focus, so Joe, focus. I am focusing. They're all, they're all being strangled. So use them while you can. But software like Twitter, like TweetBot, I should say, lets you mute, let's see, um, people, hashtags, uh, clients. So if you've got someone who's using TweetBot and you don't want to ever read anything from TweetBot again, you can do that. You can mute them for a day, a week, a month, forever. It's just it's just the best things to slice bread. And it gives you incremental steps before you actually have to block someone. Okay. So this is it, – it, it allows you to not use Twitter as you use Twitter. I got a message two days ago. Heather Malik is now following you on Twitter. And then I went and, and checked out Heather Malik's account, which I never looked at before. And it said, Heather Malik has blocked you on Twitter. To give people some context um, – in defending the star's coverage of of this uh, of of uh, Gardasil, the anti-HPV uh, vaccine, uh, and and in fact saying that this isn't a debate that we should, we should be having, it was hard to f to follow the thrust of her argument. But it seemed like she was she has said since that she's well, yes, pro vaccination, right? Because she like you was mixing up that issue, the Toronto Star's coverage with so-called anti-vaxxers, which are two different things, right? Well, there like were four different things in that Malik yes. column, uh, you know, which is not strange for a Heather Malik column. I think that what what people were incensed by was this swipe that she took at uh, a doctor. At the rural doctor. Where she suggested – now, 
there is some low-hanging fruit that she's welcome to snatch if she wants. The fact that this doctor has a playful public image and, and you know, says God on forbid. her – God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. But Heather Malik said, why should we read the blog of a rural – Of a rural doctor. And it's just – Look, the, the obvious downtown progressive Jesse Nation analysis of this is that's, that's one woman tearing another woman down, right? But if you think back to what hmm. Rosie DeMano has been doing since time immemorial um, – Rosie DiMano has, has essentially been the attack dog for the star, right? The in-house, fiercely loyal David Carr, Monkey attack dog for the star. And the thing that disturbed me about Malik's piece there was she was becoming an attack dog for the star because the, the Gardasil article was just incoherent in, on its own, on its face, and was really working with anecdata, as your other guests will talk about. Oh, I like right? that. It's, well, it, that's, that's, that's not my, my own term. It's a pretty good one, though. But why would, you, why did, why would Heather Malik ha- have to come out from the beaches? Actually, she doesn't really leave the beaches, does she? Um, and uh, and uh, defend the stars coverage? That is not her bailiwick. She has all the things in the world to write about. Again, why, should, why, should, why, do, why do colonists who have the maximum freedom available in the lamestream media uh, keep walking on landmines? I, I, I don't understand what she was talking about. Well, you know what? I, I, I would not want to see this be the last thing that Heather Malik ever wrote. I think there's room for polemic in the, in the, in the dialogue. Well, hold on. Would you, on, on. On what basis are you imagining that she's going to stop writing anywhere? Well, I think that, th- that this is serious. You know, I, I, you're right. The the ability for our papers to just completely ignore the hue and cry of the public. I mean, this is a serious thing, as we'll get into in the next Canada Land that the star has done. And, and you know, uh, Malik has made herself the target for it. Um, whether or not they keep her or not, uh, get, you know, and uh, do, you I, know, I, do you know something I don't? No, I'm just going on John Kay's suggestion and the fact that that people uh, on Twitter have been calling for her head and the fact that she's retreated from Twitter, you know, and is not showing John any account. John Kay suggesting this when there's you could when there's positively nothing you could do to get fired from the National Post, back to journey, give me a fucking break. <laughs> He's in the walrus now. I know that. My point is simply, she needs to apologize to that doctor. <laughs> There was a sequence of stories. There was four stories that were attributing views to me that I never held. Uh, these same stories were, were accusing me of things that I, I never did. And they also uh, attributed statements to me that I never made. The National Post and Terrence Corcoran and a couple of the writers just lost a defamation case that was launched by this uh, MLA for the Green Party, Weaver, who's also a climate scientist. And what they wrote about him, which has been deemed defamatory, is pretty extraordinary. The The court found that the Post and Terrence Corcoran knew about Dr. Weaver's cautious views on on uh, the subject matter and ignored them in the yes, pertinent articles. Ignored. ignored them. That they, uh, the judge listed pages of untrue statements and the judge found that there was, in fact, error so substantive to the point it would alter opinions. But al- but alter opinions on, on a false basis. The, the charge was that essentially if you read the Post's coverage of Weaver, you would think that Weaver had accused the energy industry of breaking in to his lab. Yeah, which he didn't do and which also he didn't He never happen. made that accusation. Right. And uh, by far the most damning thing, and I know you dearly, you're just champing at the bit to uh, talk about Terrence Corcoran. Terrence Corcoran was absolutely the worst because the judge found that he changed a quote, mm-hmm. which is a, a cardinal journalistic sin. So I'm just going to go into a wee bit of detail for 30 seconds. This will be worth it. Uh, the, the direct quote as listed in the paper, which was from, allegedly from Weaver, which has a quote inside it. So it gets complex. So here we go. Open quote. When you see these temperature numbers and temperatures in square brackets, it's screaming at you, quote, this is global warming, end quote, end quote. Right. And then the judge, the judge 
writes at paragraph 223, if you want to look it up. The numbers in the quote Dr. Weaver was referring to in his article were the global average surface temperatures and not weather and or temperature events. It was also clear from Mr. Corcoran's testimony, he was on the stand, Jesse, testimony that he knew the difference between these two concepts. He knew Dr. Weaver was referring to global average surface temperatures, but changed the quote for his own purposes. Now, I've been challenged on Twitter, uh, are you going to stand up for Corcoran's uh, free speech rights here, Jesse? Because usually when it comes to libel and defamation cases against journalists in Canada, you know, there's just so much abuse uh, of the law. No, no, no. This is not Britain. That's not true. Like, give me two examples. Two examples. Well, how about the Conrad, Conrad Black's case against Bruce Livesey? That's one. Score score one point for Jesse. That's okay. That that's a, a, in use use American terms, but of course we can't because that's colonial. That's a slap lawsuit, right? Okay, absolutely. That that's a clear case of that, right? Absolutely. Do you have a, a more substantive one? At my fingertips, you may have caught me here. I think that it's uh, if I can amend my argument now that you've done so. <laughs> I think that there's uh, more of a libel chill, perhaps, than than uh, rampant use of, of slap lawsuits. Though I know that the libel CJFE. I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I, I don't think I agree with you there. I would say there's libel ignorance. Libel ignorance. Well, libel chill could be based on libel ignorance. I, I think I agree with yes. that, that. That a lot of uh, a lot of us don't use the rights that we have, um, and especially after Grant versus Torstar. Anyhow, as the Globe and Mail uh, still employs Margaret Wente, the National Post still employs Terence Corcoran, who I think we can pre- come pretty close to saying lied to his readers and misrepresented uh, the case of, uh, of Dr. Weaver. Still, he made shit up. He made he, shit he, up. He doctored a quote. He so made shit up. So he still works for the National Post. Do you know who doesn't work for Post Media anymore? Uh, Margaret Monroe. Uh, Tell me more. Science journalist was laid off um, a week or two ago. I, I I don't know who else is covering science. Oh for them. yeah, they, they they yeah they should count a bunch of them. Yeah. So Margaret Monroe is the journalist who broke the story of muzzled scientists, scientists muzzled by the, by, the, by Harper cabinet. So that that's I think we have to Not really pay at all. close attention to to which voices are being propped up and which voices are being shown the door. And, you know, over at the Globe, they had an environmental reporter who they've reassigned. I think I think it doesn't work there anymore. So when we talk about these science stories, be it vaccination or climate change, let's pay close attention to who still has a job and who doesn't. Uh, keeping in mind, though, that Terrence Corcoran is also the editor of the Financial Post, NISPAB. So that makes him unfireable right then and there. Baird represents the broadening of the Conservative Party. He's young, urban, and a moderate on social issues in a party that voted about 95% against same-sex marriage. You're not likely to be on the same side of the issue as many in your own caucus. Sure. What's that like? You know what, I'm comfortable in my own skin. He and some of his colleagues, with the help of the media, appears to be concealing their own homosexuality, possibly to prevent them losing the support of certain Christian fundamentalists and other anti-homosexual groups. The press release took issue with how Foreign Affairs Minister John Baird has been handling gay issues in international affairs. He is promoting homosexuality in Uganda, Kenya, and he gave $200,000 of our Canadian taxpayers' money to homosexual groups in Uganda and Kenya. Joe, um, you challenged me after my last conversation with Desmond Cole about John Baird's departure as to why I didn't mention, neither of us mentioned his homosexuality. And, you know, I was very uncomfortable um, with the idea of outing John Baird. But of course, as... uh, He's never been in. He's never been in. Well, I knew that he was out in Ottawa, but but, you know, there is this implicit deal the media has with Baird. But to be clear, in saying that John Baird is gay right now, 
I am not outing John Baird and the media. That, that of course, happened uh, on Metro Morning, not not something that they control, but in a live broadcast, Pamela Taylor, conservative uh, uh, candidate, uh, mentioned that John Baird was gay, which was uh, reported on by Extra, La Presse, and Vice. And then I also uh, became aware that um, a member of provincial parliament here in Ontario, Sherry DeNovo, publicly at a rally called on our openly gay foreign minister, John Baird, to declare his homosexuality on Russian soil, which is a newsworthy event that, that the media would, okay, did not. That would have been a step too far for him. That that would have been a stunt. But Oh, whether anyway. or not he, I mean, of course, that he should not have, I don't think, I'm not saying he should have done that, but what, what this show is about the media and what we of cover course. and what we don't. And, and this show is about things that other media don't cover and why. And, you know, I, I have to admit, I was uh, I was on side with this sort of deal the media has of like, well, if this guy doesn't want it to be part of the conversation that he's gay, why would I impose that on him? And and the more you, I the more you, I look at it, you, thought, you this, thought there was a deal, and you, you and you thought there was a deal, and it was it was, it was it, and it, and you you exculpated yourself. Good good thing there's an, a family compact going there with the Ottawa political hacks. And I don't have to talk about this. Congrats on you for talking about it now, which is a wee bit of a surprise for me. Congrats on you there. But try not to flatter yourself so much, oh, I was on side with this deal. I'm not sure – by the way, I'm not sure that that deal is the same one that would have been true, for example, um, for Richard Hatfield. And I did grow up in New Brunswick under Richard, Hat Richard Hatfield and the Irvings, right? Everyone knew Richard Hatfield was gay. I found out after I left. Mm -hmm. In other words – I found out after I left that everyone knew Richard Hatfield was gay. Can you tell me who Richard Hatfield is? Richard was? Hatfield was the premier of New Brunswick mm -hmm. in the 1970s for decades, actually. It was a confirmed bachelor. The, the deal back then absolutely was the one you've just described, which is, well, we don't, we're not going to talk about that, even though it's plainly obvious to anyone who was an adult. And now, of course, the premier of Ontario is a lesbian. She was even elected. It's not really uh, a big deal. And what I'm going to suggest to you is that um, – the, the so-called deal that the Ottawa Press Gallery had with John Baird was talking among themselves and realizing he's not in the closet. Uh, and he no, isn't. he's in. I mean, it's been called the glass closet, and this is this is a really unique thing. And I couldn't tell when, when considering the case of John Baird if this was to the press's credit, or now back in the day when that would be left off uh, off of uh, out of the papers, and then there would be these snide allusions to confirm bachelor, or whatever other terminology you want to use. Um, that was one thing where this was, you know, could not speak its name. The deal I think that Baird made, whether this was implicit or otherwise, was if I vi vote against gay rights, then I'm a hypocrite and you will expose me. If I make my personal life, if I campaign on my personal life or if I make that uh, public, then you will expose me. Um, but if I, if I don't do those things and in fact he was active, you know, and part of the deal was, hey, I'm off in Uganda – uh, you know, using the uh, the bully pulpit and using diplomacy to fight for gay rights in a country where it's illegal. And this will hurt me because then, you know, the same way that before Norman Spectre, you couldn't have a Jewish uh, Canadian uh, diplomat in Israel. It's it, always the Jews, isn't it, Jesse? I think so. Um, you know, it would somehow impugn his ability to to actually fight for gay rights in Uganda if it was known that he was a homosexual. Uh, or well, but it was clearly known that he was a homosexual. Don't they have embassies down there and embassies here? Right. So in, in fact, right. So part of the uh, some of the value proposition of last week's conversation with Desmond Cole was all. And you put a little zinger in on the, the previous episode of the show. You know, the, the minute the minute he resigns, we all we all decide John Baird is wonderful. OK, I understand what you're saying there. And there's there, there's a whole litany of things, things he did wrong. But one untrammeled good um, perpetuated by John Baird is steadfast, steadfast 
advocacy for lesbian, gay, and yes, transsexual uh, rights overseas and inside the country for things like the like the refugee program. Okay, so given that, why is it my business? I mean, help me sort this out. Why is it my business as a member of the media to be out there telling everybody that John Barrett is gay? Uh, you wouldn't have to in the ordinary course of events because I keep telling you he's openly gay. I mean, I've seen him on Church Street, for God's sake. You wouldn't have to in the ordinary course of events. He's openly gay, but he's not publicly gay. That's, no, is there a distinction? I think there is, but I'm trying to answer your question because the the the, the subject matter was uh, John Baird suddenly resigns. And you have to – when a politician suddenly resigns, you have to somehow imagine that there could be a scandal that's being quashed. No, I don't have to wildly speculate on scandals that, well, that yes. I have no proof exactly, that exists. Exactly. Well, no, because you have, have so much evidence of real scandals. Um, so That's right. And I don't have one. And there's been a lot circulating. The CBC has this little memo like, oh, let's not listen to the rumors. And I think this is actually something you, that the secrecy – you've, you've, gone, you've gone two steps ahead of me here. So just let me, let, let me well, finish. Well, catch my, up. Keep up. Let me, let, me, let, me finish, let me finish my sentence here. Please do. So if, if the speculation if, – if people are wondering why he left the job, if the reason why he left the job is a scandal that's, that's uh, being kept quiet, you can't separate his being gay from that scandal because it could be a sex scandal. And if I knew of that scandal, I would report it. But, but given that I have no proof that such scandal exists, then why – I mean – I feel like the compact has been broken in the sense that we, you know, there was some sort of complicity with uh, I, I, my, my political career will be impugned if, uh, you know, I'll lose conservative votes. Why is it your business to cost me those votes? And then there was a complicity where the press was like, OK, we're not going to go there. I, 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 That's I, off the table I, I, I now. Don't, I, don't, I don't understand that actually because he, um, how many times was he elected to the House of Commons? If only, we, if only there were a way to look that up. He was elected to the House of Commons more than once. Just because everybody in Ottawa knows doesn't mean that everybody in the country knows. Uh, he only the only issue is you said he he would lose votes if he were known to be gay, but he had he would have to receive votes to be elected to an as an MP. So back in his home riding, don't you think they know he's gay? I would certainly hope so. And you know, as one senior Ottawa journalist said to me in a in a in an email not for attribution, Ottawa shouldn't be a colony that keeps open secrets from Canada. Um, this uh, journalist also said, but then I'm torn because I also feel whose business is it anyway, and please keep my name out of this. Well, yes. but And so, for example, uh, all right, so I'll give you a case where it, it could have been discussed, I think, quite profitably in all those many speeches and the many trips he made for lesbian, gay, and yes, uh, transgendered rights uh, around, across Canada, around the world. That's the perfect time to say uh, uh, Minister Baird, who's, who's, who's openly gay, was pr- promoting these things. And you don't even have to check. You don't have to, don't have to ask him a question. He just is. This is a really tricky one. I'm I'm not actually sure where I sit on it, uh, you know, and I think that, like, you know, the uh, the political climate and the culture matters too. To to out someone uh, 30 years ago had ramifications that don't necessarily exist today, and I don't really feel comfortable playing God and deciding, you know, whether everybody in somebody's life should know this or not. And I'm hanging the fact that we're saying it now. Are you saying somebody or somewhat? You're talking about civilians, or are you talking about um, stars? I mean, if if Strombo were gay, he isn't. We could talk about his being gay because he's a star. Any politician who is gay or lesbian, we should be able to talk about that because they're Why? public because they're public figures. But if they themselves don't want that to be known to their loved ones, maybe they got a wife, maybe they, maybe that's gonna cost them their celebrity. Why is it my business? That's to a scenario. Impl- well, this, see, that's this is a scenario, but are we're you, talking about you, openly. We're talking about op- of course if uh, they're it, open, if they're known in a community, then it's okay to put it in a newspaper. I don't know. And I'm I'm hinging the fact that we're doing this now on on the fact that this actually has been Covered in the press, and well, maybe, maybe and, that's and, a flimsy and, excuse. And the CBC, and the CBC, you read, is attempting to suppress reporting on it. Yes. 
right? Which is pretty serious. And that's now, pretty much in my wheelhouse of what I talk about. When somebody's trying to suppress something, I think that that's, that's, that's safe fodder for Canada land. But I'm, I'm still conflicted as a rule as to, you know, whether the press is doing exactly like, – whether this is somewhere where we're advanced and, uh, you know, very mature in the same way that, you know, uh, the American press might go after, um, you know, affairs, but the European oh, press no, does no, not. No, no, no. Is I, that I, sort I, of thing? I don't think that's comparable. And remember as – to paraphrase Michelangelo Signorelli, it's not outing, it's reporting. And I would also remind you again, Jesse, and tell your listeners that the only people who ever wanted the closet are straight people. The only people who benefit from the closet are heterosexuals. So when heterosexual journalists get together to decide, well, we just, we're not going to report on this because we have our own reasons. And then you counter those reasons, they come up with another set of reasons. And this, ha this has happened for decades with uh, athletes who are gay or lesbian, for example, and I followed that for decades, so I know it. Right, so your your class of heterosexual journalists, especially heterosexual editors and so on, will always come up with a reason not to report that someone is gay, even if it's true, even if it's relevant, even if they're not hiding it. All right, that was Canada Land Shortcuts. I hope you enjoyed it. You can always email me at jesse at jessebrown.ca. I read them all. I respond when I can. I'm on Twitter at Jesse Brown. Joe, where can people find you? Well, I write Canada Land Watch at canadalandwatch.wordpress.com and Twitter at Joe Clark. But you have to ask to be let in. Uh, that's Joe's protected Twitter account. The website is at canadalandshow.com and the crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. I make this show with Andrew Norton, and the next episode of Canada Land will be up on Monday. If you like this show, support it. By the way, I can make a comparison to the Smiths, so top that.